0: Welcome to the e commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo-Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way, so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fire. podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo coster Every quarter in the lounge, we hold a week-long workshop with two calls and daily prompts to help members plan the next three months in their business. It's one of my favorite things in the lounge, and this most recent wrap-up call was so good, I had to share some of the takeaways on the podcast. Since we went so deep on this call, well beyond Q4 talk, and it meandered around a bit because it's really dependent on the attendees and their questions, I'm breaking it out into a few different episodes so it's easier for you to follow. Plus, I like to deliver things as succinctly as possible here on the podcast. So welcome to this mini-series I'm calling Lounge Lessons. In this week's lesson, we're talking about why you don't have to worry about recessions if you sell a luxury product. At least that's how it started. But even if you don't sell luxury goods, stick around because in true form, I ended up going a lot deeper than that. Now, of course, this is a blanket statement that doesn't always ring true, but the high-level concept will track the majority of the time. The thing about recessions and any time of financial uncertainty, it's usually the lower and middle classes that feel the effects the most. The top percent of earners and wealth holders, those true luxury customers, are rarely phased by a recession. They have multiple different income streams and investments, and while they may not always be super liquid, there's always a way to cash in on equity somewhere. And when I say true luxury customers, I mean the ones who can really afford it. Not the ones who save up to treat themselves to a pair of Valentino rock studs for her 40th birthday or even celebrate a big win by buying themselves a Louis Vuitton. I'm talking about the ones who own more luxury goods than they do not, or could at least afford to. When I was working the boutique circuit in the early 2000s, luxury was everywhere. There were tweens carrying multicolor Louis Vuitton bags, Coach might as well have been a Target brand, and the Juicy Couture Velour tracksuit was a sign of status. Mind you, I was also in a particular environment I lived and worked in the suburbs of New York City, and all the Wall Street guys and their families lived there too. Our local mall was the Westchester, the first mall in our area to have all the luxury stores. I remember when it first opened, I was in high school and a total mall rat, but that mall was too fancy to just hang out and walk around in. Anyway, by the time I opened my brick and mortar, the housing market had crashed and a lot of those Wall Street guys were out of a job. Sadly, my best customer was the wife of a bankruptcy lawyer. He was having his best year ever. Now, I wasn't selling luxury. I was in the contemporary market. That's more like where Juicy Couture fell to. For me, contemporary was a stretch, at least if I had to pay full price. I had a few really great pieces here and there, but for my customer, it was their everyday clothing. And yes, some of them were feeling the pinch but they were still dropping 160 bucks on jeans, driving their luxury cars, and hitting the Starbucks I shared a wall with every single day. My mom's husband at the time was a financial advisor to the very wealthy. Think CEOs of banks and huge corporations. They were all doing just fine. But it's not just luxury goods that do well during a recession. At the start of the pandemic, I was still working my day job slinging dildos on the internet. If you're a first-time listener, hello, nice to meet you. Yes, my background is in fashion and apparel, but my most recent gig was at an adult novelties company. When things started shutting down and we knew this was more than a two-week thing, I asked my boss, what happened to the business in 2008 when the housing market crashed? He replied by saying, funny you should ask because I just looked it up. Their sales through the roof. There is a quote, I have no idea who said it, and I didn't take the time to look it up. But basically, when times are good, people drink. When times are bad, people drink. And the data shows that's probably true for any vice. So if you sell something that makes people feel good, you've likely got a leg up. This isn't to say that many e commerce business owners aren't seeing a dip right now. It's not to say that people aren't tightening their purse strings in times of uncertainty. We're also coming up on an election year, which has a tendency to affect consumer spending. So don't be surprised if things continue to be wonky next year. But here is your reminder that there are almost 8 billion people on the planet and over 300 million in the U.S. There are people out there to buy your stuff. Sure, it's possible what worked in the past doesn't work now, but that doesn't mean your business is doomed. It doesn't mean there isn't still opportunity out there for you. It just means you have to pivot and try something new. Maybe you have to try something that didn't work in the past to see if it works now. My husband just did this in his business. He does media for real estate agents and their listings. With the increase in interest rates, the market has slowed considerably in Southern California. Since they're not doing as many jobs, they had to focus on increasing their AOV. So they revamped their offerings and created preset packages that include non-listing specific content that the agents can use for their marketing. They had tried packages in the past, but abandoned them because everyone would say, well, how much would it be if I just took away this one thing or this other thing? It was a huge headache. So they just went to custom jobs instead of packages. Pick from the menu of services and we'll put it together for you. However, many years later, and they decided to try it again. And guess what? People are into it. Part of it is because those realtors realize they have to pivot too. The last few years in SoCal, they've been coasting. They all had more listings than they could handle. Seriously, one of my husband's clients averaged out to more than two listings per week at one point. But now those listings aren't just falling in their laps. They've got to get out there and market themselves. They need more social media content. They have to get on camera. They've got to build their brand. My husband and his partner could easily have said, eh, our clients don't like packages. They want custom stuff. They don't want to pay for things they don't need. But they said, fuck it. Let's try it and see what happens. And this time it's working. Clients who previously would just get photo and video are now going all in on a package that includes agent on camera, headshots, and social media content. They were also very smart in that they named it the agent's best friend package. It really speaks to what the agent needs, what's in it for them. I'd like to think after nine years of being together, some of my marketing chops rubbed off on my husband. So look, there is a lot to take away from today's episode. If you sell luxury goods or a vice, recessions or uncertain financial times shouldn't hurt you quite as much. But even if you don't, there are still plenty of people in the world who want what you sell. You just have to get in front of them. But I think the biggest takeaway is that we have a lot more control over what happens in our business than we give ourselves credit for. Don't be afraid to try new things or old things, even if they haven't proven fruitful in the past, except for maybe Pinterest. Actually, I did just meet an e-commerce business owner recently who says Pinterest works well for them. So hey, maybe it can work, but you've just gotta take control and do the damn thing. If you haven't listened to last week's episode where we talked about how to increase your sales during the slow season and capitalize on the busier times, definitely check that out. It was short and sweet, but I got such great feedback from the listeners, so I know it's a good one. And that's a wrap on another episode of the e-commerce podcast. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today and I'll see you on the flip side, friend.